Food for Thought on News Talk 760 WJR is presented by Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan and by the Food Bank Council of Michigan, creating a food-secure state. Here's your host, Dr. Phil Knight. Welcome back, everyone. It's Food for Thought. Thanks for listening. Apathy, benign acceptance, and unbelief, I fear, are three of the most stalwart challenges we face in creating positive change. These are huge problems in our efforts to solve hunger by creating food security across Michigan. Apathy doesn't care that people are hungry, and I do not believe there are many people who wish their neighbors, children, or seniors were constantly hungry. Yay, they'll miss another meal. I just don't believe there are many people who think like that. But apathy can also manifest itself as inactivity, a lack of attention to or a choice to ignore and not participate in the problem. This would be the sin on the side of omission, not commission. Benign acceptance is here, has always been here, and will always be here. I despise the concept of fate. I guess it was just meant to be. Or everything happens for a reason are two of the most dangerous and erroneous statements ever uttered by mankind. Hungry children is not something that just happens for a reason. Unbelief states the problem can't be solved ever. Look, if you don't believe solutions are possible, then you won't work to solve problems. To solve big problems, you need big ideas. Big ideas come from great leaders who have a vision for a better tomorrow. I'm so excited that really smart people are coming to embrace the idea that Jerry and I have been talking about for about a year, that solving hunger is possible. One of the biggest partners we have in this amazing work is Michigan State University, led by President Luana K. Simon, who I heard speak recently about food access and food security. She gets it, and she has entrusted a friend of mine, Dr. Ron Hendricks, the Dean of the College of Agriculture and Natural Resources, to lead MSU's efforts to address all aspects of food, including food insecurity across our state. Dr. Hendricks is in the studio and will be with Jerry and I in just a moment. Don't be apathetic, benignly accepting, or unbelieving. Dean Hendricks is in the house, and we will be right back in just a moment. Get in touch with the Food Bank Council of Michigan. Visit fbcmich.org. Thanks for listening, everyone. It's Food for Thought. Jerry Brisson, the CEO and President for the Gleaners Community Food Bank, and, of course, my esteemed co-host, Jerry, thanks for being back. It's great to be here every week. So, you know, excited today because we have Dr. Ron Hendrick in the studio with us, and he is the Dean for the College of Agricultural and Natural Resources at Michigan State University. Ron, welcome to Food for Thought. Thanks. Good morning, Phil. Good morning, Jerry. Good morning. So um, we are 
Twitter pals. We are. <laughs> and uh, you are a tweet monster, man. I'm telling you what, I cannot keep up with you with the number of tweets. And you're all over the place. It's, I mean, not I mean, topic-wise, but geographically, yes. you are all over the place. I do get around. So, um, yeah, I... Um, fairly new to to Twitter as a form of social media, but for me as a dean, uh, it's a way to at least reach a portion of the stakeholders uh, within right. the college. I use it primarily for relationship building and and telling stories. So it's great to be able to connect with partners like you, Phil, and and many others we have around the state. And because we have a statewide wide presence in, in our college, uh, I am out and about uh, quite a bit. Well, you got to give us a handle. What's the what's your Twitter? Uh, it's at Ron underscore Hendrick. There you go. It was pretty simple. I should have been that simple. That was great. All right. So uh, so tell us about, let's introduce you to our listeners okay. because uh, you you in your life have attended MSU and now mm. you, you, you went away for a few years and you came back now as the dean. And so catch us all up. Start at the beginning and, and, uh, and get us to the day. Okay. So uh, more than a few years. It was 24 years before I came back. I did my bachelor's and my doctoral degrees in the College of Agriculture and Natural Resources, both in the Department of Forestry, and left there in December of 1992. I spent a year in Alaska at the University of Alaska Fairbanks with a National Science Foundation Fellowship. Uh, moved to Georgia, 16 years in the School of Forestry and Natural Resources there. Huh. Uh, started as a faculty member, left as associate dean, uh, then moved to Ohio State University as director of the School of Environment and Natural Resources, and held a couple different jobs, left there as acting dean and vice president for agricultural administration to come back to Michigan State and be dean of my college. Wow. How exciting. Very exciting. It's um, exciting to be back. It's really a privilege to come back and serve the faculty and staff and students, and including a few faculty and staff who were there <laughs> when I was a student. And decreasing numbers, but um, great to be able to reconnect with folks. Yeah. So it's it's great to have you back home. Yes. Good to be back. Yep. Jerry? So I know because we were talking before the show that there are some really exciting things going on at uh, MSU around food. So I'm just going to tee that up that way because we're changing the conversation about food insecurity, right? So we got to get back to food. So let's get right to it. Yeah. Yeah, well, we are part of a new initiative, Food at MSU. Uh, Our college really sort of was the, the... originating point for this, but we are not looking to own this, and we have other partners. So mm-hmm. um, the president, Simon, she has talked a lot about um, MSU as the food university. And so we're thinking, really, what does that mean? How does MSU differentiate itself from other universities? And and not in a way that just brings us a reputation, but has an impact. And the president also mm-hmm. talks about MSU not just being what we do, but why we do it, and the how of, of uh, we do things. And so the Food at MSU initiative was, a, was an effort to really take all the great work that we do in, in food production, nutrition, dietetics, packaging, mm-hmm. um, all sorts of things, economics, uh, and bring this in together in a way that would um, make MSU a different kind of partner with communities around the state and, and with the citizens and with our stakeholders. And so we are, um, as I said, in, in College of Agriculture and Natural Resources, kind of the originating point, but the College of Arts and Letters, interestingly enough, and the College of Communication, Arts and Sciences are really kind of the founding partners for this initiative. Huh. Well, I was at an event with you 
just recently yes. at uh, Crystal Ray Community Center in uh, Lansing, and it was kind of the kickoff of um, of an, a discussion. And yeah. I, I don't want to steal the title here. I want you to I want you to tell it. But uh, and then I have some thoughts about that because I thought it was a powerful night. I thought it was as as well, Phil. And there will be a number of efforts within the food at, at MSU umbrella. But the the starting point for us is what we're calling our table. And it is a literal table, one that uh, was manufactured at MSU from re- reclaimed wood from trees that, that came down on campus. But we're using the table as a metaphor to change how the university engages with communities and with citizens and stakeholders around food. Uh, and so we have moved the table around, mostly on campus, a little bit off prior to the event on November 16th at Crystal Ray Community Center, sort of socializing people to this as a new effort of ours. And and the the purpose of the event on the 16th was to embed ourselves with the community, um, with uh, uh, stakeholders and citizens who are um, food insecure, living in those communities, and, and focus on food access. And do it in a way that makes the university not so much the expert bringing information and telling people how to do things, which we're kind of good at, but being a better listener and in doing this from a, an approach of humility. And that philosophy of humility is really the underpinning of, of food at MSU, to make us a more humble, a more engaged partner. And we're pretty good at being responsive to the needs and wishes of people who fund our research, to our students, uh, to others. But this is a way for citizens and members of the community to inform us and inform and influence the work that we do at the university. And I think that's what makes this different than a lot of other universities trying to, again, advance their expertise in food. We want to be a different kind of partner. And listening is critical to every partnership. And so if we're, as as we continue to talk about food insecurity, for example, we talk a lot about how healthcare has a stake in this. Yes. That one of the things that affects healthcare the most is the things that their patients are eating. Yes. Right? Are they eating the right foods? Are they getting enough food? And so we don't go to healthcare and say, we know the answer. We go to healthcare and say, mm. we're, we have a common issue that we're trying to solve, and we're good at these things, and you're good at those things. And now as you talk about the university, certainly the university is good at things that neither healthcare nor food banks are sure. good at. So, so I think all of us owe it to each other to be somewhat humble about what we don't know yes. so that we can eventually come to what is the right innovation and the right impact at the right cost at the right scale. Yeah. And food is one of those topics that brings together a lot of what we do at the university. We have three colleges involved now, but uh, are having discussions with a number of others that really, because food is, you know, there are economic, there are transport, there are the health pieces to it. Um, There are so many components to food and food access and food insecurity that this is really, we think, a unifying theme for a lot of, of what the university does already. You know, several years ago, I had a conversation with Rusty Hills, mm-hmm. who at that time was the chief of staff for uh, Attorney General Bill Schuette. And uh, Rusty is, you know, he is green and white through and through, you know, and, uh, and a great friend, great friend to MSU, great friend to the Food Bank Council and our network as well. But he would say, I just wonder how we can get MSU involved in and and what you're trying to do, Phil, and create food security and food. And I was like, 
just wait. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. And I wasn't sure how it was coming, you know. It was just coming. And but then when you and I met, when Jeff, Jeff Dwyer, Dr. Yeah. Dwyer, the head of uh, Michigan State University Extension, got us together for yeah. dinner one night, it was just like instant. Yep, it clicked. It clicked. And this is a shared value. It's a shared proposition. But I got to tell you, man, um, we don't have much time left in this segment, so I can't tell everything but i'm so pumped that msu is taking this on food you i mean it is a catalyst not only for what we're doing but for from the the farmer i look hey you're going to create food security it starts in the field yeah absolutely you know from that all the way to production to innovation and young uh, uh, small farmers and the product center and all this. Yep. Thing. We we got lots to talk about, right? And yeah, uh, packaging. And, believe it or not, even though it kind of snuck in there, is one of those areas critically important as we try absolutely. to meet people where they are. And how do you keep food fresh longer? And it's really, really all important. Yep, keeping it fresh in the package, but getting it to the package. Just managing post harvest loss is a, a critical absolutely. issue. Absolutely, absolutely. That's where we come in. Too, too much to talk about. Hang on, fellas. We're going to take a break, pay a few bills, come back. He is Dean Ron Hendrick. He is the uh, leader for the College of Agriculture and Natural Resources at the Michigan State University. He's Jerry Brisson. I'm Dr. Phil Knight, and we'll be right back here on Food for Thought. It's Food for Thought with Dr. Phil Knight on WJR. Welcome back to Food for Thought, everyone. And, uh, I'm Harold say an award-winning show now, Jerry, uh, receiving uh, an award from the Michigan Business Awards as a uh, nonprofit beacon. And it's, you know, they title the word that I really appreciate uh, is innovation. Lots of nonprofits, over, you know, 40,000 nonprofits in the state of Michigan, and uh, we received this award for the messaging of, of what we're trying to do and taking our message to the public and using Food for Thought as a platform. Well, and having Dean Hendrick on the show is certainly helping our cause. I mean, you know, it's, it is what makes this uh, innovative, is that we're bringing different people, all of whom have a stake in food security, and saying, you know what? There's no good reason for this not to be solved. Let's 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 bring attention to the fact that this can be solved by bringing smart, and capable people to the table and solving it. Right. And having them have a conversation with us. That Absolutely. changes the conversation. Yes, changes the conversation. So um, we were at an event. We talked about it in the first segment a little bit, the Our Table event. I love the metaphor of the table. Mm-hmm. I could just camp right there. Yeah. I mean, the table where you get food, where you get blessing. I mean, it's just very, very powerful. Um, but President Simon, president of Michigan State University, was at this event and I'm telling you, she gave a speech about food access and food insecurity and how she saw all of this coming together, MSU as food you and as us, you know, the community and as addressing this horrific need that is is very solvable and um, and and immoral, if I might say. Yes. And I'm I called Jerry. Uh, you know, on the way home that night, and I was like, "Dude, I am ready to charge hell with a water pistol after listening to President Simon." And she was fantastic. Yes. In fact, we've got some audio from her, and we're going to listen to that right now. And then I want to get your comments, Ron, about your president's okay. speech. Thank you, and thank you all for being here. 
Um, and thanks to Crystal Ray for hosting us. And one of the things that we're really pleased about uh, Dean Henrik and the team we put together, uh, the role that the Farm Bureau and others have, is we believe we had to start doing things differently. And so it is an issue for us of social justice. But it's also an issue of how we then can turn that into greater prosperity for the community. Through activities of the Product Center, through working with you to, on businesses that are culturally relevant, and then connecting them to networks that then permit that to grow and develop beyond a small neighborhood into a, a community and into the state and ultimately to the world. And trying to then step back and say, how are our best attributes coming together to make a bigger difference? So what you'll see is a table, a unique table, one that we'll carry around with us across the state, but a common table where everyone's voice is heard and where everyone is together to make a set of, of solutions that not, not simply the university implements, but we implement together. Because everybody will have a, t a part in team food. In team food. And that will permit Michigan State to use its expertise as a food-related university to be an important part, but not the part of the team that makes a difference. You all are the ones who will make the difference. So thank you all for participating. Thank you for what you'll say today. Say whatever you think, because if we don't know it, we can't deal with it. Okay. And also have some solutions in your head, if you have those, to help us simply be better together. So thanks very much. So, all right. So you heard, of course, you were in the room. You yes. were the MC of the night there. And, and uh, man, she, she's owned this. She is very much. You know, Luana's vision was for MSU to be the food university. And for us, the uh, academics is to, um, that resonates with us, certainly in my college, but with others. And, and our job is to figure out what that means hmm. um, and to work with her to, to sort of flesh out that vision. And so, you know, we could spend a lot of time and energy trying to be incrementally better in food production and food processing and health. And it's important that we become sure. better in those things. <clears throat> but to become transformational and, and to, um, it means to bring those things together in in ways that we haven't before and to be impactful means doing it in ways that other people aren't uh, and haven't done that before and so this concept of food at MSU changing the conversation and and most importantly changing the university's role in the conversation we still have a lot mm. of expertise but less about the expert more about the partner and especially the humble listening partner well one of the values that came through your our conversations and and president simon's speech is the value of impact yes and i i i'd just like for you to talk about that for a minute because you know i mean like you say we can do a little bit better here a little bit better there but you guys really want to make a difference we do um you know we have by all measures of scientific impact, we're very good. Uh, my agriculture, food, and resource economics department was just ranked fourth in the world. Wow. So Congratulations. Well, thank you. One example. And congratulations on your award. But how do we bring that expertise and that recognition to bear um, 
to an even greater degree on real-world problems. And so mm. having this first event at Crystal Ray was our, our initial effort. And we, uh, we planned well for it, uh, we thought, and we stumbled a little bit into things, not knowing exactly what we were going to hear and, and how engaged people were, were, would be. We had a room full, Phil, as you know, 80 people in the room. Yeah. But, you know, we live-streamed this on Facebook as well, and we had 9,000 people online out, man. That participated awesome. yeah. Yeah, yeah in this meeting so that's an important number the uh, the um, work for us at the university is really translating that engagement into impact and so one of the things i talked with my two dean colleagues uh uh, Dean uh, Prabhu David of the College of Communication, Arts, and Sciences, and Dean Chris Long of the College of, of Arts and Letters, is um, after an event like this, it's really important that we take um, what happened, the great things that happened there in the conversation, and make sure that it translates into impact. And that means for the university, we can't just go around and have um, a listening tour. Uh, these are engagement opportunities, and we need to make sure mm. that we are present and embedded in the communities where we're having these conversations uh, right. to some degree or another. We already are, fortunately, in mid-Michigan through the university's physical presence. And as I think about other places around the state, you know, we have a community-based uh, based health sciences and health education program at the university. We're in a number of communities around the state. Through extension, we're in every single county and community right. around the state. Extension is the great force multiplier for the things that we do at the university. So, you know, our task now is thinking about how we bring those things to bear mm -hmm. and how we make these um, conversations and the impact durable. I love that. I love that, man, because Talk, 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 talk. You can talk something to death, right? Yes. But to really have impact, and in our world, is about creating food security so that you solve hunger. Yes. Yeah, so, I think our very first show, which is almost a year ago, yeah. our very first show, we talked about who wins when we win. So winning isn't about talking. No. Winning is about impact. And so you've got to... The, or I put it this way, the rubber has to meet the road or else nobody wins. Right. So who wins when we win? I think everything that you've just said is about that very same idea that at some point in time, the problems that we're, that we're trying to solve make people's lives better when those problems are solved. But they make business better. They make healthcare better. And what you're saying is they make the university better. Yes. And, of course, when we bring hmm. all that to bear you can start seeing the path towards solving the problems. Well, it's encouraging. It's inspiring. I mean, not just President Simon's speech, but you, Ron. You're encouraging, inspiring. When you bring your life and your impact, and, you know, we talk about having one handful of life on this show yeah. and how we're going to invest that. And now for Michigan State University to take and address food access how can food bankers not be pumped, yeah. excited? You know, like here is this gigantic partner that does things so well with such excellent fourth in the world, you just said, and research and, and data that, that, you know, that proves the impact of what we're doing together and yeah. what we can do. I'm, I'm so excited. I'm throwing it back to you. Well, good. Well, 
Uh, our job now is to make sure that a year from now, um, when you're celebrating or close to celebrating your second anniversary, you're equally pumped. Right. And that more people are pumped and excited about it. Um, but more importantly, that people in these communities can feel the impact and they can count uh, the impact in some way and with respect to betterment of their lives, with the focus uh, for this part of, of Food at MSU on food access, um, we need to do to be able to have made measurable progress. And so, you know, the thing that makes me swallow a little hard is how do we ensure that that happens? It's great right. to have these conversations. Uh, we're very good at those things, but uh, we're also good at doing the impact piece, but we've got to bridge that connection and make sure that everybody's excited and encouraged and, and has felt in, uh, progress in a very measurable and personal way. Well, there's no question MSU has a very important role in, in many different ways mm-hmm. to, to work with uh, all of us out here on what does that impact need to look like. And there's so many slices of that um, that make sense. I think the hard thing for you is going to be to decide where to start. I mean, you know, you you could take any one of the sections of the university and say, we'll start there, and they would all make sense. But, of course, unless you just got a $40 billion research grant for all this, I'm guessing you're going to have to have priorities. We will, and uh, we do not have a $40 billion research grant, (laughs) and there is none in the pipeline. If you did, our listenership would spike. (laughs) (laughs) I'd probably be invited back a lot more. Yes. so, no, we are, like most public universities, in a resource-limited environment. Sure. Um, the great thing we have for us is we have the infrastructure already. We have the physical presence, as I said, through our health sciences, through extension, through our campuses. We have great bodies of work, and we already know a lot of the science. And so now, you know, having the conversation is um, kind of a low-cost way for us to do things, but it means we've got to bring all those other resources we have to bear uh, on this problem, and we have to engage new stakeholders, people Mm. who also feel that they have a stake in in promoting food access and and food security. And I think the people at the event, uh, the first event at Crystal Ray, felt exactly that they did that i really do i really think everybody felt listened to heard and and involved in the conversation we got to continue this conversation on the other side of a break he's uh dr ron hendrick you can find him at ron underscore hendrick on twitter he is the dean for the college of agricultural natural resources this is jerry brisson i'm phil knight and we'll be right back here on food for thought You're listening to Food for Thought with Dr. Phil Knight. Brought to you by Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan and the Food Bank Council of Michigan. Thanks for listening, everyone. It's Food for Thought here on WJR. Jerry Brisson, Dr. Phil Knight here with Dean Ron Hendrick. And uh, Ron, uh, I'm excited about uh, a lot of what you've said uh, today already. But, um, you know, there are some other aspects about... and. The, it's not a one and done thing here with the event we had at Crystal Ray. It is not. You know, there's there's more to come, and so tell us about that. Yeah. Well, 
uh, as I said, we wanted to start the conversation around food access because mm-hmm. we see food access and food security is really foundational to most conversations and topics around food. But the Our Table events will be occurring in other locations around the state. We don't have all those mapped out yet. We will be having one on campus on March 9th okay. uh, as part of our annual luncheon and, and intend to invite a, an audience to that as well. But would encourage people to, to pay attention to where those are at. They can find information at our website, which is food.msu.edu. So pretty straightforward. Uh, and we have a food at sign MSU Twitter account as well, where people can follow what we do. Um, so yeah, there are, uh, again, food access seemed like a logical place for us to start and to have the first event really in our backyard. Yeah. But um, helping people make informed choices about food is, is another key thing. We want people to be able to uh, make healthy choices, um, assuming they've got the economic means, um, you know, to also uh, make the lifestyle and other choices based on, on real information. We need to know where people have questions um, about food, about mm-hmm. what's in their food. Um, where the food comes from, and we feel we can help answer those questions. And where we can't answer the questions, this is where um, those questions need to inform what we're doing at the university. Well, I think all of us are struggling a bit with that. I mean, even in my house, we're having that conversation about what to eat, what not to eat, and how much of it. Yes. And so that educational component is really critical to effectiveness across food access and creating food security. And something that Jerry says, and I quote him often, and this that's really true, I do. I quote, At your own risk, my yeah, friend. I have my, possibly. <laughs> um, is that you can't just give food to people what I think or you think they want. You, know, yeah. you have to give people access to food of what they want and need. Yes. Yeah, you know, when we when we started looking at impact, which we talked a lot about yeah. earlier, um, one, of the, one of the premises of Gleaners is anything we distribute that's not consumed is 100% waste. Yeah. You know, right. no matter how, no matter what you think about it, if right. people don't eat it, it's the most expensive garbage program you could have, yep. right? So we don't want that, right? And so meeting people where they are and understanding what, what conversation should we be having? And we just finished a pretty big project called... Called the Healthy Pantry Initiative. It was funded by the Michigan Health Endowment Fund and the Community Foundation for Southeast Michigan, where we really looked at, okay, if we combine healthy food, the, the fresh produce and the other healthy foods, with a series of educational nudges yeah. right where people mm. come to our pantries, what would happen? And after a year, one of the things that happened is that those pantries distributed 80% more fresh produce than they did the year wow. before. Right? That's great. And it's it's not just about dumping food on people's lap and hoping no. they know what to do, right? You you really need to well listen to people who who will say, "You know what? I don't know really what to do with all that zucchini." Yeah. Okay, well then let's figure out what can you do with it. And here's a few recipes and and here's some other things you can add to it that yes. we happen to have as well mm-hmm. that maybe right. you've never had before. And here's an onion and a piece of garlic and here's some lettuce and here's how you can put that in a salad. And so it's not that people don't know that they need to eat healthier. We find people do know they need to eat healthier. But practically speaking, what does that really mean? And how do you put that all together in a smart way is is where really you start to see impact. Yeah, it's hugely problematic. And uh, we got certainly a sense for that, I think, fell at the at the event at Crystal Ray, where we yeah. heard the story of a young man who came to the U.S. as a refugee hmm. and right. was put into a house, I think, for most of a week that was well-stocked with food. Uh, and at the end of the week, when they checked on him, um, they were incredibly hungry because they had no idea 
um, about what to do with 99% of the food in the house. Right. Um, and that cultural component was completely overlooked. And so access in that case was not a problem um, in terms of having an abundant supply literally at the fingertips, but ignoring that cultural component and getting back to not just what people need, but what they want and and what they know what uh, foods that they know what to do with. Mm, right. You know, those are important things. And, and those were learning lessons for, for me that night that about things I would never have considered before. And even things like how long is food good? It's something that the food bank deals with all the time. We yeah. People ask us the question, how long is it good? Whether it's a date on a can or whether it's fresh produce, a lot of times people just don't know how long it's good. And so they don't want to risk using food that might not be good and so often throw away food that's perfectly good. Yes. You know, and so and healthy food that's perfectly right. good. So that's one of the beauty, I think, about food for thought and these relationships is that you have a conversation and you go, oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah. yeah. So for me, my aha moment was snow days. Because mm. if you get a snow day in this state on Friday or Monday, that's three days in a yeah. row that kid didn't have enough access to food. Right. Because so, school is closed. You know, because. on a snow day, if you've got food at your house, a snow day for your kids is like great. Right. But if they're only getting two of, of the meals that they're going to get at school, right? Right. That snow day may mean something completely different. Absolutely. So yeah. when you have these conversations, like your aha moment, right? My aha moment. You know, those. That's why having the conversation, changing the conversation, because those com- those conversations lead to changes in how we're going to serve people and the impact we're truly going to have. Absolutely, and you know, I think it's rare to have aha moments while one is talking. And you, tend to, <laughs> you tend to have those aha moments while you're listening, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I never have one of those when I'm talking. Yeah, that's right. My strategy has been hang around with people that have aha moments and get the, <laughs> the, the, the tangential benefit of it. That's right. That's right. So um, so give us the address, the web address one more time, Ron. It's food.msu.edu. Love it. So um, you've got a couple of minutes left in the segment. Tell me what what is it about this project that has grabbed you and your one handful of life. You know, Why I, you're so vested in it. Well, I've moved around, as I said early on, to a number of universities, uh, but they've all been land-grant universities. Mm-hmm. And that land-grant mission of connecting what we do at the university to the citizens of the state that we serve, uh, to me, is, is really foundational for how I see my role in higher education. Hmm. So... The Food at MSU initiative is very much a connector. It's bringing what we do at the university and bringing the university to people and very consistent with that land-grant mission. And I can think of no better way and and no more impactful way to do that than around food. Hmm. So, you know, even though my background is in forestry uh, and other than termites, there's not a lot of eating of trees, right? (laughs) But... um, but this resonates with me. It, it meets the mission. Um, it's personally important, and it, it connects parts of the university in, in ways that uh, many other topics and subjects don't and has the ability and, and our commitment is to have an impact in ways um, that we otherwise wouldn't be able to. Well, what a privilege to have you on Food for Thought. Thank you so much. Privilege to be here. Thank you. Thank you. He's Dr. Ron Hendrick. He is the dean for the College of Agriculture and Natural Resources. And... Um, I would say a pivotal leader in uh, 
uh, food at MSU. So thank you for how you're investing your one handful of life. Well, thank you. And you can follow him at Ron underscore Hendrick on Twitter. And uh, Jerry and I will be right back to wrap up the show. It's Food for Thought with Dr. Phil Knight. Jerry, quick wrap-up of Dr. Ron Hendricks. Yeah, wonderful to have a partner like MSU uh, on the food access and food security bandwagon. I mean, there have been a tremendous number of really smart people who are involved in innovating and finding solutions. MSU is one of them. Um, So many there's just so many things to talk about in terms of what they bring to this table. And so it's very exciting. I mean, again, one of our promises to you who are listening is that we are going to bring real solutions to the table. Hmm. And so just knowing that MSU is part of this is going to be a guarantee, if you will, that we're not just kidding. We've got really good people here. Jerry, it's pretty exciting that our show food for thought has been on not quite a year yet. And, uh, now to recently receive a Michigan Business Award for a beacon of light, a, a beacon of, of innovation for how we are telling the story and using the platform of Food for Thought on WJR to change the conversation about food insecurity. Well, it's working. I mean, it's working. More and more people are involved. More and more people are listening. More and more people are asking, what can I do to help? And so as long as that keeps going, you know, that's the kind of momentum you need to solve problems. Absolutely. Well, it's time for a little food for thought. Our first shows, I quoted St. Francis when he said, start by doing what is necessary, then what is possible. And before you know it, you're doing the impossible. After a year of doing food for thought, crystallizing our thoughts, shaping the blueprint to solve hunger, listening to our wide range of guests, and receiving your feedback, I'm convinced more than ever that a solution is not possible, but it is probable. And food security will be achieved in Michigan. We are doing what is both necessary and possible. And next, we, all of us, will do the impossible and relieve the toxic stress of food insecurity from a child's life once and for all. Thanks for listening. Catch up to all of our episodes at foodsecuremichigan.org. And until next week, when Jerry and I are back, remember, food first, folks. Food first. Food for Thought has been a presentation of Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan and the Food Bank Council of Michigan. Creating a food-secure state.